Women Taking the Lead, Episode 205. I think that the ability to reconsider, so you're on a course or you're entering into a conversation or discussion with an idea or a particular notion or a plan, but to step back and reconsider everything, um, either new facts or you might have a new idea or you might feel differently about something and to just be able to step back and, and be feel good about doing that and then pursuing a different path for whatever reason. Maybe somebody has suggested it or maybe you think of it yourself. So just reconsidering everything as you go, even though you might have planned to do something in a certain way, it's important to always kind of take inventory of that and, and, and think about it. So it requires listening, I guess, listening to yourself and others. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at zebralovewebsolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Lee Hughes, who is the founder of Current Publishing and Maine Women Magazine. She has logged 30 years on the Maine publishing scene. And Lee believes that outstanding local content, great design, and fabulous art will build a strong and loyal readership while providing the best environment for the advertising customer. Lee, a Maine woman for more than half her life, is a mom to four strong Maine women and mentor to countless others. She received an executive MBA from Suffolk University in 2013. Lee, that is just a little, like, a, just knowing what I know about you, that is just a mini, mini, mini introduction to who you are as a woman of the world. So if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Thank you, Jody. Um, it's funny when I listen to you say all that stuff, I think, you know, is that really me? <laughs> but I think from the start, I, um, I was always kind of sassy and um, very independent and somewhat of a risk taker, you know, early in my youth and even in my first careers in, in uh, professionally. So I started working when I was 12 years old. And then um, I have worked ever since other than relatively short maternity leaves. Um, when I was a kid, my best my maiden name was Perry and my best friend's mom nicknamed me Perry Balls because I was so ballsy as a kid. I always wanted to know the reasons why we needed to do things a certain way, why I had to follow those rules. Couldn't we try it a different way? So I think, you know, that's how things started out for me, just asking a lot of questions. That's awesome. I love that. So, and you know, it's interesting that that led you into publishing. Like what, what was the connection? How did you find that? It was kind of by accident. I mean, I was, I, in my undergraduate studies, I was a literature major, so I was always very interested in that. But at school, undergraduate school, as part of a sociology class, I developed a questionnaire on women's health issues, and I hand-delivered that all over the campus. And then as a result of the findings in that survey, I was able to start a women's center 
on campus. And so, and I worked at the college newspaper. So I was always writing about those things and connecting those things. I kind of went for the big, the big assignments and and set really big goals for myself. It's so funny because having met you in person, you are a very demure, very humble person. But as soon as somebody starts asking you a question about like, what are some of the things you've done in your life? And what are you up to right now? These incredibly big answers. (laughs) You know, my first job in media was at Maine's Biggest Daily. It was, you know, back in the late 1980s, I started at the Press Herald as as an assistant manager in the classified department. But I was only the third woman to be hired as a manager in the company. So that was, you know, that was a challenge. It was back at a time where women weren't doing those kinds of things. Right, right. I was also the first woman ever as a manager to become pregnant in that organization, which was stunning in that (gasps) male-dominated environment. So that was a big challenge and kind of, you know, I just led my way through that and created my own path and my own destiny and was able to, you know, write my own maternity leave and create a flex time schedule that really worked for me and my family. Oh, Lee, that really, that's making me laugh because I can only imagine like the men in, in that world, right? When you were a manager and you become pregnant and that's the first time a manager had ever become pregnant. Like, what do we do? How do we handle this? That's exactly what my boss said. I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> and so like you did in college, you're like, well, I will create this. There is a need. I will create something. And probably many other women got the benefit of what you created for them. That is hilarious. Oh, absolutely. Three years later, when I had my second child, there were several other women, though not managers, but there were several other women in the company pregnant at the same time. So I, you know, I definitely felt I had a little bit of pioneering in that. Mm Absolutely. And Lee, my goodness, you are up to such big things, right? And you're playing big. You've got your, you know, you're kind of rolling along. You, you, you've got your goals and you're going about them. You're pretty confident about what you're doing. And especially looking back, like a lot of the changes you've been able to make because you just saw a need and you did it and you had those questions and you knew that the changes had to be made. But I always like to level the playing field um, to a very human moment that we all experience, and that is playing small. We either recognize it in the moment or it doesn't matter. It can be in retrospect that we realize, wow, why did I settle? Why did I hold myself back? I was capable of so much more. So, Flea, if you could share with us a time in your life when you were playing small and the lessons you've learned. I would say this was probably almost 20 years ago, maybe 17 or 18 years ago, As I said, I'd always gone for the big jobs and I always worked hard and I always tried to do more than what was expected of me. I also always only ever worked for men. So I was often taking on some of my boss's work and just so I could learn. I mean, I wanted to I was working in an organization where my boss was buying and selling newspapers and I wanted to be involved. I wanted to be in on those discussions. I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to work the deal. So I was doing all of those things. And and one day a, a friend who was a colleague said to me, you know, you're the manager, you're the publisher, you are driving this business. You just, you don't have the title and you're probably not getting paid for it. And, you know, I, I, I kind of laughed it off at the time and I thought, oh, come on, you know, uh, you know, it's so-and-so's really the manager, but you know, I got to thinking about that, Jody, and that really was it. That was the defining moment that I realized that I was doing the work. I was just not getting the recognition for it. And within a year after that time, I mean, that really was the turning point. I was promoted to general manager. 
and then in less than a year after that, I started my own company. <laughs> it's so funny how that happens, right? And and I've had not the same experience, but something similar where you take on a little bit at a time, right? It's not like you took on all those responsibilities all at once. It's just you took on more and your boss probably was like, oh, you can do this, take it over. And you wanted to learn a little bit more. So you took on something else and you took on something else. And it sometimes it does. It takes somebody else to point out like, hey, you're basically doing all of this stuff. Are you getting paid for it? And it, it can be an, un I don't know about you, but it could, it was an uncomfortable moment for me. Oh, what do I do about this? Right. And I, I kind of, in a way, at first felt undeserving. But then I realized that, you know, I really had been doing all the work and had been in that role and just not being given credit for it either through recognition or through my paycheck. Mm -hmm. And how have you applied what you learned in that situation to your life today? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just a practice. I think that trying to understand what my contribution is and what my role is and how it's recognized. And if I feel, you know, that it's not being recognized, then I speak up. Yeah. And knowing a little bit about you, Leah, I'm also imagining that you're the type of person who's paying attention also to what everyone's contributing and making sure that they get recognized for it. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I certainly back way back when I first started, um, you know, I had a lot of people who took credit for the work that I did. And I have definitely, I think I can say this 100% that I have never taken credit for somebody else's work because I hated being on that receiving end of that. Right. And that's a phenomenon I, I've become incredibly interested in. And I even wrote about it a little bit in um, the book that I released where we take those experiences we had where it didn't feel good and we didn't like what happened. And we make sure nobody else feels that same way. And that becomes a part of our leadership style. You know, however we felt right. in that moment, we're like, I'm going to make sure nobody feels that way. And so as leaders, we, we buffer against it. Right. I definitely want to promote the people that work with me and around me and for me to get the credit that they deserve and the recognition that they deserve, because then they're going to be feeling that much better about the work that they do. Right. And now, Lee, if you could share another story of a time in your life when you had a wake up call, it could have been like in the moment, like a, a light bulb went off. Or it was something that dawned on you over time, like a slow awakening. But in either case, there's a moment of action, you know, when we're ready to move. So if you could tell us what led up to your wake up call and then the steps that you took that led to your success. So I, I started my company in 2001 and I built it for 14 years and I was, uh, buying, selling, and starting up newspapers and magazines in Cumberland and New York County over that over the course of that time. And I had at one time as many as 52 people working for me. I had eight weekly newspapers. I had four monthly magazines. And I, I was just constantly working it and constantly building and changing and, you know, bringing on partners and doing – it was kind of craziness for a while in retrospect, but um, I was just in a real momentum building stage. And then about two years ago, after almost 14 years, I came to the decision on my own. I mean, I, I had, you know, ta certainly talked about it with my husband and my kids and stuff, but I kind of just one day I decided this is it. I'm ready to sell. And I came to that decision because I felt like I wasn't doing my best work anymore. 
And that to me was bad, not only for me, but it was really bad for the people who worked for me. So um, I, I, but I, I was leery. I thought, I don't want people to think I'm giving up. You know, I've taken the company this far and I don't want to be perceived as giving up. So that was sort of the, the conflict in my mind. I didn't want to disappoint my employees or the community of readers that we built or the advertising customers that we had. So it was, that was the conflict. It was, is it going to be perceived as giving up if I sell the company? And then I realized it was, you know, if you want to call it the aha moment or the pivotal point that selling the company would be the best way for me to grow professionally and to continue to grow the products that I'd created and um, for me to secure the company in a way that I couldn't do it on my own. So I really chose the people that I wanted to sell to. I thought about it and there could have been several people that I could have approached, but I made one phone call to the people that I hoped would want to buy the company from me. And um, 10 months later they did. So that was a lot of hard work over those 10 months in working out the details of selling the company while keeping the company afloat. Um, so the success is really multidimensional. It was, it, you know, in retrospect, it was pretty incredible to have gotten through that and had the outcome that was exactly as I intended. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there was also the mindset shift around okay, what are people going to think? They're going to think I'm quitting too. That's not what's important. Like it, it sounds like you, you put that aside to make the best decision for you and the company and your family and these investors so that everyone got what they needed, not worrying about what the, what the general public was going to think of the whole deal. Right. And in fact, it was kind of, um, kind of surprising to me when after the fact, you know, when after we'd sold and it was announced that people would come up to me and congratulate me on, on the success of selling it. And, um, that wasn't, I didn't expect that at all. So, um, that was, was pretty neat. Yeah. I love that. And there was something you said also, that is a great segue into the next question I want to ask you, where you said you recognized that you weren't doing your best work. You were doing a lot of work, but it wasn't your best work. Um, right. and what I want to ask you about Lee is your leadership style. Cause I, I think the two are tied together, you know, when we're, uh, when we're leading in a way that is authentic to us and bringing our best self forward, you know, it is our best work. Like we naturally do our best work. So Lee, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, so my best work is as a publisher and in, in this kind of a, in a community newspaper company or a local magazine company, the publisher is the person who brings it all together from the concept to the design, dealing with content, building revenue, creating support, creating the structure, creating the team to work independently and interdependently. So that's that's the role. And then how how I think I lead in that role really I I think it's by example. I mean I I know it sounds funny, but I think I just work hard and I and I'm creative and passionate and I expect everybody else that works with me to be productive and to understand that we all have to produce. We can't just talk about it or hope for it, but we really have to do it. We, ha we have to produce. So my leadership style is to produce and to bring others along with me who 
also want to produce and who can be successful doing that. Yes. You know, actions speak louder than words. We can say we want something, but if our actions aren't in alignment with that, then it's a mixed message and people don't follow along. But if, you know, by your actions, you're leading, you don't have to say much for people to get that this is the expectation. Right. So I kind of made a note here myself is that it has to come from inside and it it can't be a directive. You know, people have to feel that they have to want to be successful. So part of my job as a leader is to help them feel comfortable in wanting that and achieving that. Yeah. And figuring out what success is as well. Right. Love that. And Lee, what's one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? I mean, the biggest project that I've been working on lately is uh, for Maine Women magazine and all the things that go along with it. So Maine Women has been in, in the market for over 10 years. And um, months ago, we relaunched it as a full glossy publication. And I've developed a, a whole new team to work on the project with me. And the magazine just keeps getting bigger and better. And we are more excited every time that it comes out. And then we're doing all these sort of peripheral things with Maine Women's Expos. You know, we had one expo last fall that was a really huge success, much more than we anticipated. And so this year we've got three expos planned in three different markets. Um, we're also doing other types of things um, in terms of sponsoring events for women. So we've always been a sponsor of the annual Try for Cure here. And this year we'll also be sponsoring the Maine Yoga Fest. And we're sponsoring a number of different events for women and panels for women and those kinds of things. So that's, that's a big project and it's an, it's an exciting project. That is a huge project. And I, I love the main women's magazine. I grab it whenever it comes out because it's so pretty and you're right. It gets better and better and better with time. And I've Thank also you. attended the expo you had in Portland and mm-hmm. that, that was exciting. Even just the announcements that it was happening was very exciting. The branding was beautiful and the event was supercharged. <laughs> a lot yeah, of excited I people mean- there. <laughs> I think through the magazine and through the expo and some of the other things, we're telling stories of women, fabulous stories, true, inspiring, funny, some sad, but it's stories about local women. And it's also helping them to connect with other women in the market. And through this, we're building this community of local women. Mm -hmm. And I love how there's always a mix. There's a mix of women I've heard of. You know, there might be a woman in the magazine that I've met. And there's women I've heard of, and I, I don't know too much about their stories. So that's really nice for me. And then there's always a group of women I hadn't heard of. And I find myself being, I got to, I got to, I got to find their websites or I got to find, you know, a way to contact them or just find out more about them. So there is that mix. It's, it's not just the women doing really big things in the marketplace. It's, it's sometimes it's the woman that you may not have heard of who has a really amazing story. Yeah, you know, this um, the issue that's out right now is um, has to do with sports and fitness and outdoors. And we have a woman on the cover and a feature story about a, um, a young local woman who has found her strength through CrossFit. And she just talks about how that community and how building strength has really been such a boost to her in building confidence and just her whole self-esteem. And just it's. It's a great story, and it's not a typical one that you would read in any of the other magazines around. I love it. 
And Lee, on the flip side of things, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? Patience. <laughs> it's always patience, Jody. Um, you know, I, I've never been particularly patient. So, um, my challenge is I need to be patient with the process. So there, there is a process for things and it takes time and you have to be patient with people all around you, whether it's people that you work with or people that you're trying to interview or people that you're trying to market to. I mean, it's just, it takes patience. And then, you know, all, always trying to find, uh, the second, you know, the other thing is, is just that's challenging is finding the right people to work with, you know, always. Um, but with main women, that's, that's been fairly easy. So mm -hmm. patience is a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're alone. <laughs> especially when you're you're a woman of action and I can relate to that like when you know what you want right and you want to just get it done and have it be out in the world but you're relying on other people or other contingencies to to fall into place before you can make it happen it's allowing the fact that your dream is not gonna be realized right now and that's a practice <laughs> yeah it is and um, the other thing for me is, so Maine Women is just one of the things that we publish and one of the things that I'm in charge of um, sort of reinventing here. So we have another magazine called My Generations. It's a 50 plus lifestyle magazine. And then we have another one called 95 North. It's a tourist magazine. So these are all being reintroduced to and um, or relaunched in a new format with uh, new content, new design. So it's it's trying to balance all of these things together while Maine Women is probably, you know, it's very near and dear to my heart. And it's a cause that I've been involved with for, you know, 30 years or more. Um, these other publications are equally as important. And so balancing that is always a challenge. And Lee, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I think that the ability to reconsider. So you're on a course or you're entering into a conversation or discussion with an idea or a particular notion or a plan, but to step back and reconsider everything, um, either new facts or you might have a new idea or you might feel differently about something and to just be able to step back and, and be feel good about doing that and then pursuing a different path for whatever reason, maybe somebody has suggested it or maybe you think of it yourself. So just reconsidering everything as you go, even though you might have planned to do something in a certain way, it's important to always kind of take inventory of that and, and, and think about it. So it requires listening, I guess, <laughs> listening to yourself and others. And that's another thing. I, along with patience, listening is also a practice that you develop over time and get better at. <laughs> listening and, and just being thoughtful about what, what you're hearing. And, you know, I, I don't know, I, I had a a father years ago who his first answer was always no. So, but then he would often come back and after giving it some thought and thinking through it, you know, come to a different conclusion. So I try to avoid the no and, and just think about it. Did we have the same father? I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of, I think a lot of women did, you know, I mean, it's just, and and there are there's a lot of people out there, and not only with parents, but you know, with managers and stuff. Their first 
reaction is to say no to something new or to Mm -hmm. a different path. And I think maybe that's why, you know, I like to reconsider it. And I do, sometimes I think of too many options. There are a lot of ways to get from point A to point B. And, you know, you don't want to get paralyzed in the choices, but you do want to just think through that and reconsider what you thought might be the best approach and, and, um, you know, also ask for advice, ask, ask for input and listen to what people are saying and why they think the way that they think. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're saying this, Lee, because what what's coming to me right now is like in full disclosure, when like somebody presents something new to me, like a new idea or a change, although I don't say it out loud, my first instinct is no. You know, and then I warm yeah. up to the idea. It takes me time. I'm like, I have, even if it's like a new food, it can be that simple. It's like, mm, no, but then I'm like, well, talk me into it, but I can be talked into something. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, it's not only being, being talked into, it's also just thinking it through. Like maybe I would like that food. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Giving it some reflection, some time, like allowing it to the idea of it to sink in first. Yes. I love that. Listening and then giving your t- yourself time to reflect. And Lee, what advice would you give your younger self? Well, always to be more patient. Um, but also I think um, a good practice is to take time and understand what motivates each individual and learn, learn what they can bring to the table because everybody has a different contribution to make, even if they're in the same job, even if they're duties and their goals are the same, um, they go about it differently. So learn about what motivates them as an individual, what they can bring to the table, and then be honest because some people don't deserve a seat at the table. You know what I mean? There's some people that you want to succeed um, that, that aren't going to. And knowing when, knowing the ability to recognize it, I think, is important. And then dealing with it is, is the second part of that. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. So I say this so often that my kids, you know, they laugh at me because it's my mantra to everything. And and people here at the office and my team, I always say it's all about balance. And if you can keep everything in perspective and really balance it out, that's the key. You know, it's not um, it's all about balance. I love it. And lastly, Lee, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Um, So I think email. Um, which is lhughes at keepmecurrent.com. Um, and then all of our various websites, Maine Women Magazine, My Generation Maine, 95 North Maine. Um, so we're, we're out there and um, you can connect with me through all those ways. And of course, always on Facebook. All right. Awesome. And for those of you listening, you know that you can find all the links and resources that Lee shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Lee, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule (laughs) (laughs) to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, ladies, I'm going to talk straight because I know you ambitious, high-achieving, entrepreneurial women appreciate that. I know some of you are struggling and you find yourself saying, I know what to do to achieve my goal, I'm just not doing it. And you're struggling with having the time, energy, or willpower to move forward in your business or career. You may even be thinking you've developed adult ADD. 
I can help you with that. And you'll soon be surprised by how much you are able to get accomplished. No more going it alone, suffering silently while another year goes by. Send me an email at Jodi, J-O-D-I, at womentakingthelead.com, and let's get the conversation started. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.